my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to another episode of The Mark Moss Show where we talk about the decentralized revolution each and every week. And of course, talking about it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. The technology being the decentralized technology of Bitcoin. And we see how that changes the world. Now, I try to bring to you some education so you can kind of understand things a little bit differently than what they're being presented. Some of the latest breaking news here up to date. And that is exactly what I want to dig into today. We each and every week. I mean, things are just happening so fast. So you got to stay on top of this. And this week we saw an anniversary, a big anniversary, one that I was super excited to see. I'm talking about the one year anniversary of El Salvador adopting Bitcoin as a reserve currency. Now, a lot of people Listen to this, might go, yeah, but Mark, Bitcoin's down, you know, 65% from its all-time high. It's a horrible store of value or medium exchange, and look how far it's down, and et cetera. You are looking at Bitcoin purely for its USD, US dollar valuation, um, as opposed to an alternative payment system that it really is. 
you're also trying to look at a new technology by looking at the wrong things. As I've said many, many times, the way that you look at a new technology is not the U.S. dollar valuation. You look at it through the growth of the network and the development that's happening on the network. So like with Uber, for example, people invested into it um, you know, in Silicon Valley a decade ago. It was not publicly traded. Nobody knew what the price of um, Uber was for the first decade. And imagine if you did, every time they got a new city or got a protest from a city, the price would go up and down. Instead, you looked at the growth. Are they adding more drivers? Are they getting more riders? Are they getting more app downloads? And then you look at the development on the, on the network, like now they have Uber Eats, they deliver food and things like that. And so you want to look at it not just in U.S. dollar terms. And so looking at Bitcoin being adoption by a nation state is a big development on the network. Maybe the U.S. dollar value doesn't represent that today, but we still have to look at that. So I want to show you a couple things that show just that. Now, as somebody who's looking to get ahead in life, uh, somebody who wants to invest, who wants who wants to uh, work in the right direction, what I'm always looking for is I'm looking for mismatches, a mismatch in the difference between perception and reality. Now, those mismatches are our opportunity. Right. So the, you know, the markets are pretty efficient. So, you know, we talk about the stock markets, you know, are they pricing in, um, you know, more rate increases? Are they pricing in these bad things? Because the markets are always trying to figure this out. What we're looking for, the opportunity is why would the market think this thing is actually worth way diff, way less or way more than I think it is. So um, Tesla stock, for example, there's no reason why Tesla stock should be worth this much. They're worth more than every other car company in the world. Look at the problems Tesla has. The market's valuing this, but I think the market's really less. That's my opportunity to short it. For example, I'm not saying that's the case. Um, or we'd be looking at something opposite. Um, look at, uh, you know, real estate markets getting hammered. The home building stocks are getting completely hammered as well. But I think these homeowner stocks are actually worth way more. I think the market's discounting them and they shouldn't be. So I'm going to buy home builder stocks. So always looking for that mismatch. And I think there's a mismatch with Bitcoin as well. I, um, I put out a uh, tweet. And uh, what did I say here? I said... Uh, Oh, I said, to a Wall Street trader, Bitcoin is just another trading toy. But to millions of people living under authoritarian regimes and double-digit inflation, it's a life draft. Sooner than later, this will flip. So what I'm saying is, is that there's a mismatch. Wall Street thinks it's just another risk asset. They trade it just like any other tech stock. But that's not what it is. So there's a mismatch there. It's actually something different. So to millions of people living under authoritarian regimes in North Korea where you're not even allowed to have money, it's a life raft. And I think that's going to play out. Now, back to El Salvador. So um, it, the one-year anniversary, and it hasn't been a smooth road. They're the very first one. There's a saying that says the pioneers always get some arrows in the back. So the first mover has to deal with all the problems. They have to deal with every bump in the road. They have to deal with all the hate. They got to deal with the arrows in the back. And that's kind of what El Salvador um, has had to deal with. They say, despite many real stumbles and skeptical mainstream coverage of President uh, Bukele's Bitcoin initiative, both tourism numbers and remittance usage are already showing meaningful payoffs. So... Let's break that down a minute. Well, I'm going to break that down in a second. So what's interesting, though, is um, this month, and it was actually uh, September 15th, uh, 
It marked El Salvador's Independence Day. Just like in the United States, we have Fourth of July. They have their own Independence Day. On this date in 1821, the, uh, the Provincial Council of Guatemala proclaimed the independence of the entire region, Central America, from the Spanish Empire in a document known as the Act of Independence of Central America. Okay, 1821. Now, what's interesting is we basically saw the same thing happen where this month also marks the one-year anniversary of a more uh, recent independence struggle, and that is El Salvador's effort to decouple its economy from the U.S. dollar by using a different currency, by recognizing Bitcoin as legal tender. Now, uh, it says, in part, thanks to a very instability bred by American interventions in the 1980s, so this would be Oliver North and the Sandinistas and the Iran-Contra. If you don't know what that is, uh, you might want to go check that out. It's a pretty interesting story. And what we saw is that uh, this led to massive instability. I'm not going to dig into that. Uh, but basically, um, they, dis they, they abandoned their own currency, their own peso, and they started to move on to the dollar. This happened in 1993, finalized in the year 2000. And so El Salvador's economy has been running on the dollar, which is a fairly stable currency, um, but they weren't the masters of their own fate. If the U.S. Federal Reserve decided to print more money, then that would mean, mean massive inflation for El Salvador. They couldn't control that. Now, it says uh, Sal Salvadorian President uh, Bukele um, looks like he saw the writing on the wall. When he first began pursuing his Bitcoin law, dollar inflation in the U.S. was barely ticking up. The Federal Reserve was saying, we can't get it. We can't get enough inflation. Um, and then they finally started getting a little bit of inflation. They said, oh, it's temporary. It's temporary. It's, it's transitory. Remember that? But a year later, now, that inflation is looking like a more uh, intractable outcome of America's um, response right to the pandemic. So now at the time it was like, ah, it's, it's, uh, it's not happening. It's not happening. And now it's gotten really, really bad. Now, like I said, it hasn't been without a few bumps and bruises. Like I said, the pioneers got to take the arrows in the back. And so El Salvador has certainly done that. Um, there was, you know, te technological glitches with rolling out their ATMs, with rolling out their um, their wallets, right? Um, there's all types of problems with that, as you might expect. Um, I think people were a little bit too harsh on that. Um, the United States, arguably the leader of the world and uh, in tech, I mean, look what happened when Obama tried to roll out the Obamacare website. They spent billions on the, on, the, on the website that all it does is just match you up with an insurance provider, and they couldn't even roll that out. Uh, the IRS in the United States, the IRS has been trying to revamp their software uh, for decades they, they consistently, every single year, mess up everybody's tax returns, mail out the wrong ones, et cetera. They've been trying to overhaul it. They can't even get that done. So, I mean, come on. Cut El Salvador a little bit of slack. <laughs> they create a whole new financial system. They had a little bit of uh, little technical glitches. That's okay. But what we're starting to see is the silver lining. We're starting to see actually some of the good stuff that it's done. And I think other nations are going to stand up and take notice of this. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about also some places in the United States and other countries that have already started to take the same things. So uh, don't go away. I got I to gotta come back uh, in a second and tell you that. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show, of course, talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing through the lens of politics, finance, and technology, the technology being Bitcoin that we are talking about in El Salvador, but it's also happening in the United States and other nations 
Again, the dollar price is a distraction. Look at this. I'll be back to explain that and more in a minute. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. If you're just tuning in, we talk about each and every week the decentralized revolution, the way the world changes from centralization to decentralization through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And I guess we're talking about all three, as we always try and do. We try to find the convergence of those three. And so we're talking about the politics of a nation like El Salvador getting off of their colonial money, off of their U.S. dollar, and setting up their own financial system that's political. It's also financial. They're changing their financial system. And, of course, it's technology. It's off of Bitcoin, which is a technological revolution. Now, again, as I've said, uh, there's been plenty of naysayers and Granted, there's been plenty of ammunition for these naysayers because there's been lots of bumps in the road, as you would expect. As I said before the break, I mean, the Obamacare uh, initiative tried to roll out a new website to help you find an insurance provider. They couldn't even get that done with billions of dollars. And the U.S. is arguably the leader in the world, especially when it comes to technology. And so they, they did a whole new financial system. They had a couple bumps in the road. Uh, great uh, ammo for the haters. Uh, but there's things that we want to look at. So what do we want to look at? What are the good things? Well, we want to look at a couple things. One, Bitcoin's ability to send remittances from abroad. So what, what do I mean by that? So uh, if you're in the United States, you don't get this unless you've traveled the world a lot. Most of the world, 
has to send their family, their loved ones, somewhere else like America to earn money that hopefully gets sent back to them. El Salvador is no different than most other countries. About 30% of their gross domestic product, about 30% of all the money that El Salvador receives comes from remittances, comes from other people in other parts of the world, mostly the United States, sending money back home. Now, how do they do that? Well, you can do it through Western Union. You can go to the bank, wait in line, pull out cash, drive in your car, go to the bank, wait in line, give them, um, or go to the grocery store, wait in line, give them the cash, fill out the form for Western Union, um, lose you know 20% of your money. Then... As bad as that is, that might take an hour out of my time. It's even worse in El Salvador because now they live in some rural town. They got to get on a bus. They got to drive on a bus hours, potentially, to get to the city where they can now claim that money. Now they got to ride hours back on a bus with cash and hopefully they don't get robbed. And they've had to lose, you know, depends on the dollar amount, but, you know, 20% or more in fees. So they've had to waste an entire day. They have the risk of getting robbed and they've had to give up 20% of the money. But with Bitcoin, literally, I don't have to go to the bank. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I don't have to go to Western Union. And I can click a button and they can instantly have money. And they can have it in their bedroom, in their underwear, in bed, without having to get on a bus and do any of that. Pretty good, right? And it can be done for free, well, pretty much free, instead of having to give up 20%. And so that has been a big thing. As a matter of fact, it says in May of this year, um, almost 2% of remittances to El Salvador, almost $100 million were sent via Bitcoin in the eight months following the Bitcoin law. So in the first eight months, almost, almost $100 million, about 2% of remittances were sent via Bitcoin. Now, I get it. Uh, well, 100 million does sound like a lot of money. 2% of the remittances doesn't sound like a lot I get it. It's small, but you have to understand the way technology and adoption curves work. There's something called an S-curve. So anytime there's a new technology, it takes time to be adopted. Um, it took the telephone over 80 years to reach 80% adoption. Now, why would it take so long to get a telephone? Telephones are easy. There's no risk in using a telephone. Microwaves, washing machines, TVs, color TVs, the internet, the internet took decades to get to 80% adoption. So to get 2% adoption within the first eight months is pretty dang fast. It's pretty dang fast. So uh, it's happening. Now, like I said, uh, if you understand adoption curves and human behavior, you'll understand how important that is. Now, what about the dollar impact? Well, I already explained to you the time commitments, the risk commitments, all of that. But Salvadorians at home and abroad reportedly spend about $400 million per year just on the fees for the remittances. So if you want to send money back home, about $400 million goes to Western Union. Doesn't help El Salvador. Doesn't help the people that need the money. It goes to Western Union. Now, according to the World Bank, remittance fees to El Salvador averaged uh, about 3% in 2020 which is low in global terms, I think that's um, I think that's very low. I think that's a little bit lower than reality. Um, you have to understand that most of these have like fixed fees. So if you sp send 10 bucks or 20 bucks, it's a very high percentage. If you send a million bucks, it's a very low percentage. So the, that gets skewed. But the average person that's getting remittance fees down there are typically getting little bits of money, 100 bucks at a time, something like that. All right. But um, so if there's 400 million 
being spent on remittances, on fees, even a small reduction in that is, is, is wanted, right? And like I said, the Bitcoin fees are basically free. You can basically send Bitcoin instant and near free using the Lightning Network. Now, if you combine, uh, if you even just half the price, let's say that you could just uh, cut the fees in half, which you can cut them way more in half than that. But let's say you just cut them in half. Um, you can see that the Salvadorans saved a bit under $4 million in remittance fees by transitioning to Bitcoin just in the first eight months. So those people that got that money, it was only 2%, wasn't a lot of them, um, they saved $4 million. Now, if you've ever been to El Salvador, it's one of the, it's a very poor nation. It's uh, well below the 50% uh, tile. I, I looked at it before. I think it was like 150 in global GDP. It's very, very low. Uh, I've been there many times. Uh, you, you know, you still pe still see people getting around on like oxen and carts down there. Um, I love El Salvador, by the way. I've been there many times. I've been there surfing. I've been down there working with the people in regards to the Bitcoin situation. Uh, beautiful place. I recommend you go there. It's just very poor. Um, so for them to be able to save $4 million and all the time it took, um, to not have to ride the bus, go to town, all that, that is a really big deal. So what I think is that we'll see other nations start to recognize this. Wait a minute. They just saved all this money on remittance fees. Now that money comes back to our country and can be spent inside our borders. That sounds pretty good. I think we'll want that. And so that is spreading. As a matter of fact, now we're seeing... Um, other cities inside the United States and in and, and the world now starting to adopt this. Now, a lot of people would go to Bitcoin or cryptocurrency and say, it's never going to be a money. Uh, it, it won't be a money unless you can pay your taxes in it. We've heard that one a lot. Um, well, now you can. Colorado residents can now use crypto to pay taxes. As a matter of fact, Colorado residents can now pay state taxes with cryptocurrencies according to the state's payment portal. Now, they, they, I've been talking about this for a while. This was outlined in February, and now it is live and in place, which is a pretty big deal. So, and other states have done it. Florida and Ohio are testing this out. And in South America, Argentina and Buenos Aires said that they are going to allow crypto payment for taxes. So it's coming. There's a mismatch in the market. The U.S. dollar price is down, but nation states are adopting it. States in the United States are adopting it, and that mismatch will catch up in a due time. Now, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. This is coming. Whether you like it or not, you better get ready for it. I'm giving you the play-by-play -play as we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology each and every week. It's big. The mismatch is here. Eventually, this will catch up like that tweet that I read you, uh, which is right now it's being traded like a Wall Street trading toy, but to millions of people living under authoritarian regimes, it is a life draft. Anyway, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. I got a whole lot more to cover when I get back, to, uh, specifically about the inflation and some things that were said this week that make us all extremists. I'll be back with more in a minute. Don't go away. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Ma Show. We are talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing right before our very eyes. And, of course, we look at the signposts, as I like to call them, and we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And I'm always looking for the intersection of those three things that show us how the world is changing. Now, we talked, I talk a lot about all the time how the world is changing. One uh, system that we have is dying, the centralized system, the centralized system of control through politics, the centralized control system through money, the financial system, it's all dying. And we can see it's dying all around us, and we can really see it through inflation. Now, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 19, 20, even 2020, the Central Bank of the United States, the Federal Reserve was saying, we can't get inflation, we can't get inflation. Uh, Jerome Powell said, we're going to let it run hot. We're going to let it, we're going to overshoot our target and then we'll, um, average it out. We'll just, we'll just average it out. Right. Um, and now then it went to, well, we're getting inflation, but, uh, it's scary, but don't worry. It's, it's transitory. It's going to go away to whole oh, shoot. It's, uh, it's really bad. And we're in a bad situation. And of course, here we are a year later and it is really, really bad. Um, and, it's showing that the system that we have, the financial system that we have today, run by the political system that we have today, is on its way out. They are at the proverbial rock in a hard place. There is nowhere left for them to go. If they don't continue to inflate the monetary system, the whole system falls apart. But if they do continue to inflate the monetary system, then inflation continues to rage on. They're stuck in what is called this proverbial rock in a hard place. Now, this week... The president of the United States, Joe Biden, was sat down with 60 Minutes to talk about this very uh, situation. And I want to play a clip of what he says. Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.3 percent. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just uh, 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 just an inch. So, um, I mean, to have somebody in mainstream media have to question President Biden about this kind of shows how 
much as is impacting people. He said that people are shocked. They're having trouble paying their bills. What, what can you say about that? And President Biden wants to take this and put it into perspective, which I always like to do. You always understand that whenever I talk about one thing, I always want to show you the perspective of it. So he says, Let, let's understand this from the right perspective, first of all. Uh, first of all, inflation is only up an inch. Now, an inch is not a uh, measurement for inflation, so we don't really know what that means. Of course, I'm guessing President Biden doesn't know what that means either. Uh, but it's only up an inch, he says. That's the perspective. But let's hear the rest of what he has to say here. Let's go in. Hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not you. So uh, he, he, he's not trying to say 8.3 was good, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 or 8.2 before. Here I am stumbling just like the president. Uh, so, uh, no, it was actually 9.1. And then 8.5, and now 8.3. So uh, anyway, he doesn't really understand. But let's get let's 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 dig into the rest to hear what he really has to say about this for the perspective shift. Maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2 percent. It's been it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that. But guess what? We are. We're in a position where, for the last several months, it hasn't spiked. It has just barely. It's been basically even. So that is the perspective. It's up to an astronomical level that people can't afford. People can't afford food anymore, he, as the 60-minute host said. Like they're shocked at the grocery store. But Biden said, let's put it into perspective. We're at a point where it's just barely going up anymore. Just barely. That's okay. No, it's not okay. People can't afford the prices right now. They're not talking about bringing prices back down. He's saying that the rate of increase has slowed down. He's not saying anything about, oh, we understand the problems. Oh, we're doing things to bring it down. Um, he's like, no, no, it's, uh, you know, it's just we're getting to the point where we're just kind of accepting it, right? We're just, we're just going to accept it, I guess. That's, that's the good news, that it's just going up. The one thing that you have to keep in mind, too, is that this time last year, inflation was a big problem. I don't have it up in front of me. I'm guessing uh, this time last year it was about 5 or 6%, which was insane because we had no inflation for years. So the reason why I bring that up is if we were at 5 or 6% last year, which was shocking, it was uh, – actually, I think I have the number right here. I can dig it up real quick. I like to always give you the – what I – like I said, I call the receipts. So here we go. All right. Um, so for – August of last year, so that's what we have the numbers for August, and he's talking about August of last year was 5.3%, which was, at the time, was a massive number. That's when they were saying, don't worry, don't worry, it's going to go back down, don't worry, it's transitory. Remember that word, transitory. So that was already massive. Now, we're a little bit jaded, or we were desensitized, I should say, because now we're at you know 9.1, so now 5.3 sounds easy. But at that time, it was insane, and people were freaking out. And the reason why I tell you that is because... Um, this is a this is a reading year over year. So what does that mean? That means that from August of 2020 to August of 21, inflation went up by 5.3 percent. So we went from you know uh, we went from a ten dollar steak to a twelve dollar steak or thirteen dollar steak. Now 
the now this is again a year-over-year -year increase on top of the 5.3. So this is compounding. So if it went from August 2020 to August 21 at 5.3, then to go from August 21 to August 22 is another 8.3 on top of the 5.3. So this is adding. This is cumulative. And Biden doesn't seem to care about that. He seems to be uh, out, out to sleep on that, which is probably why um, he has such a poor uh, approval rating. Now, I, I have people are obviously unhappy when they can't fill up their gas tanks. They can't, uh, they can't afford to power their homes. We're starting to see that now where, where the price of electricity is getting so high that people can't afford it. Uh, people are obviously unhappy when they can't get the same quality of food that they've been used to getting and all of those things. And that's just, you know, people are mostly concerned about themselves. Obviously we could talk about the Russia Ukraine situation. We could talk about the Taiwan situation. We could talk about all these things, but just on the monetary situation alone, we have a problem. And it's pretty interesting because I have this other clip. We've seen um, Biden coming out and trying to what I would what I would say deflect, right? So they're deflecting. So instead of saying, uh, "Hey, we get it. This inflation's a problem. Uh, we're gonna do something to fix it," instead they say, "Hey, but look over there. Uh, look at all these problems. This is our real problem over here." Like uh, a couple weeks ago, Biden gave the speech with the, the ominous red background. I'm sure you've seen that by now with the two Marines sitting there. And he said, the real problem we have is the, is the Republicans. The Republicans are extremists, and they're the biggest threat to our democracy right now. Now, in the last election, um, again, uh, the last election between Trump and Biden, uh, Trump beat all records for voter turnout. Now, to put this into perspective, like Biden tried to do, when um, Obama ran for president, Obama broke every voting record. He had more people turn out to vote for him than any president in history. When Trump, when Trump ran, he broke that record. He had more people turn out and vote for him than any president in history. When Trump ran again to compete against Biden, he broke the record again and got even more people to vote than any president in history. Now, somehow Biden beat him, barely, and let's just, uh, I'm not going to get into whether that's uh, accurate or not, but let's just say that it is. We know that at least half the people wanted that, but today they're extremists. I want to dig into that and show you how this ties back into the financial system and signals the end of the uh, centralization coming to an end. Um, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show if you're just tuning in. We're talking about the way the world or the pendulum is swinging back from centralization, peak centralization, back to decentralization. We look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology, really the convergence of those three. I got a whole lot to cover when I get back. Um, a couple things that you do not want to miss really signals the end. I'll be back with more in a minute. Don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet... There's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. 
The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution each and every week, the way the world's changing through politics, finance, and technology. I was talking about before the break, <clears throat> we've been talking about how, um, how inflation is just ripping things apart. And all of these things just signal the end is coming. Uh, there's not a lot that we can do about inflation. Um, like I said, the central banks are at their end of what they can do. If they stop printing, the system collapses. If they continue to print, then inflation rages on. And so they're stuck between this proverbial rock and a hard place, which is why you have Biden going on 60 Minutes and saying, uh, but 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 it's barely going up anymore. It's just It's just slow. Uh, no, it's not. As a matter of fact, like I said, it's compounding. Um, but like I said, this goes on to show why two things. One, the approval rating is so low. But two, why they need to control the narrative so hard. And so what we're seeing is as this pendulum reaches, maxes out at centralization, the UN, the IMF, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the, the European Union, the ECB, etc., What's happening, though, is they need to control the narrative. They need to control the people. And the more that people are starting to wake up and starting to realize this and starting to share their, uh, their discomfort or their distaste, uh, that really affects their ability to manage the situation or, I should say, control the situation. And so what we're seeing over and over and over is you don't like how much your food or your gas or whatever has gone up, then you're a problem. Oh, you don't like the policies that I've put into place. You don't like the fact that I've shut down all the energy and now your energy bills are more expensive. You're part of the problem. You're an extremist. If you don't like what I have to say, you're against the democracy. You're a threat to the democracy. First of all, democracy means the will of the people. It's what the people want. And so you should listen to all the people, and then it's majority rule. Now, I'm not a fan of democracy because it's majority rule. And really what it is, it's the, the, the tyranny of the minority for, by the majority. So if 10 of us all got together and six or seven of us agreed that you should just give us all your money, that's democracy. But if, if there's two or three people out of the 10 that don't want to give up their money, they're a threat to the democracy. You see how that works? Now, the United States is not a democracy. Remember, if you said the Pledge of Allegiance growing up, 
and to the republic for which it stands. We're a representative government. But they keep saying it's a threat to our democracy. Like I was saying, uh, Biden gave this speech with the ominous red background and the Marines back there and saying the MAGA Republicans are the threat to the democracy. They're a threat. They're extremists. They're extremists. Now, as I was saying before the break, we saw more, we saw all uh, voting turnout records broken by Trump in this last election. Now, Biden edged him out some. Um, and even if you believe that to be true, then at least says about half and half, half the country wants to go with um, the Republican viewpoints. I don't even want to say Trump. Um, I, uh, I'll just come out and say it right here. Uh, I probably would hope that Trump doesn't run again. I think he's probably more of a distraction than anybody. I do think he wants what's best for the country, but I hope that he doesn't. I hope that he sits this one out. But that being said, um, about half the country wants that. But he's saying you're an extremist. If you don't want what they want, you're an extremist. And it's not just the president of the United States. Let me, let me play you this clip I have queued up. This is the White House press secretary. And let's hear when she was asked, what is an extremist? Again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. So if you're not where the majority is, you're extreme. So uh, what's, what's the majority? 51%? So if 49% of the people want something different, that's extreme? Is that the case that she's making? Oh, Mark, you're being crazy. Okay, is it 60-40? I mean, that was her words, the White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Briere. Uh, she says, if you're not with the majority, you're an extremist. Now, all progress in life comes from not being with the majority. Every single scientist, every single person in the world said man would never fly. But the Wright brothers were out of that consensus. They said, no, we think that man could fly. And they went out and proved that right. We can look at it with gravity. We can look at it with penicillin. All of these inventions, all of these breakthroughs came because somebody dared go against what the consensus was. For all of history, no one had ever been able to run a mile in less than four minutes. This was against the consensus. It's not done. People thought it was just impossible for a human to run that fast. Then one day, someone believed he could and he did. And within that time, I, ha I don't have it up in front of me, but uh, within, a, within a few short years, like multiple people were breaking it. And now today, the four-minute mile is just considered normal. So all progress comes from believing you can do something that most people think you can't. That's going against the consensus. But that is an extremist. Now, I would like to say that if that's the case, well, uh, per this new poll, Joe Biden's approval is 39%. 39%. Only 39% of Americans approve of President Joe Biden. So does that mean he's the extremist? Does that mean that the Biden administration, anybody that supports Joe Biden, including the White House press secretary, are they now extreme? Because that's not what the majority wants. 30, only 39% approve. If 39% approve, that means 61% don't approve. He's the extremist. You see how crazy that is. Now, it's not just the United States. We're witnessing the end of centralization. No, in, in, uh, in Iran right now, they've been marching in the streets. They're screaming, death to the dictator, death to the dictator. Why? Because they, uh, I think they killed some woman, you know, over she wouldn't wear her head dressing. Um, 
all over the world we're seeing this. In Canada, we're seeing this. Uh, what's been trending on Twitter is a hashtag that says Trudeau must go. So lots of people in Canada are not happy with uh, President Trudeau. He is trying to be, I mean, I played a clip for you before. He pr basically praised China for being communist. He wished he could run Canada like the Chinese Communist Party does. He said that. He's shown that through what he's done with the pandemic response, what he did with the truckers, and so forth. So there's lots of people that don't like him. And so this viral trend sweeping over Canada, like I said, all across um, Twitter, where people are using the hashtag Trudeau must go. Lots of Canadians that I know personally are using that. But Trudeau, he thinks that those people are extremists. Anyone who would post that, he says, are, quote, extremists. Now, the hashtag became popular in 2019 um, in the Canadian media, and Twitter's head of site integrity reported there was no evidence of substantial bot activity. But Trudeau has come out and said that it must be Russian bots. It must be Russian um, interference that's doing that. But that's not the case. The posts tend to incorporate anything that says, according to, to Trudeau, I'm an extremist. So now, because of this, now people are coming out and actually putting their pictures, putting videos on there saying, look, Trudeau says I'm an extremist. Trudeau says I'm a bot. I'm not. And they're coming out and saying that over and over and over. But basically what they're saying is anybody who doesn't go along with what we want is an extremist. And this is a very scary thing. Now, I talk about this because this is the sign of our centralized system dying and the birth of a new decentralized system being born. And we're witnessing it right before our eyes. And what happens is the more the state loses control of the nation state, the more they try to squeeze. The more they try to squeeze, the more people push back. The more people push back, the more they try to squeeze. Each force has an equal and opposite reaction and only forces them to ratchet it up. And the more they ratchet it up, the more they'll actually lose in their grip. That's the way it goes. It's the way we've seen it throughout history. Every uh, authoritarian regime ends up getting more and more restrictive, more and more harsh, till the people push back. They can't deal with it anymore. They can't live with it anymore. They set up parallel structures, parallel societies. The system collapses, and we start over again. And that's exactly what's happening. Hopefully that makes sense. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the decentralized revolution, giving you the play-by-play. -play. That's what I got for you today. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.